Welcome to the Church Times podcast. Try 10 issues for £10 or two months access to our website and apps also for £10. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash new hyphen reader. This week, Christopher Totney, Director of Music at St John's Devizes, is interviewed about his new anthem, God of All Creation. It was the winner of the Music Sunday competition organised by the Royal School of Church Music. He is interviewed by Stefan Patini the RSCM's magazine's editor. The anthem will have its world premiere on the annual RSCM Music Sunday on 6th of June. A recording of the anthem is played after the interview. This podcast also features a talk by Prebrandary Chris Thorpe on creating worship that connects, liturgy as a tool of mission in reaching out, which was given at the Creativity Out of Crisis webinar last October, hosted by the Church Times and the RSCM. The Church Times and the RSCM are hosting another webinar on Tuesday the 18th of May, Lift Up Your Voices, Lift Up Your Hearts, which will explore questions of music and worship. Subjects include how congregational singing could come back stronger after the pandemic, what next for choirs, and a training taster session for clergy who are not musicians. Speakers include the director of the RSCM, Hugh Morris, John Bell, Brenna Conin, and Jill Fury. For more information and to buy tickets, visit churchtimes.co.uk forward slash events. I am delighted today to be speaking to Chris Totney, who is winner of the RSEM's 2021 Music Sunday Anthem competition. Hello, Chris, and first of all, congratulations. Thank you very much, and hello. It's lovely to be here. Perhaps you could start by telling us a bit about yourself. Yes, well, I've been associated with parish church music making ever since the age of nine, when I joined my local church choir at St Thomas's Stourbridge in the West Midlands. Um, and that really uh, gave me the grounding to um, to start working in parish church choirs most of my life, really. Um, I was fortunate enough to spend five years at Durham, firstly at university there, and then in the cathedral with James Lancelot, um, where I was organ scholar. And then I moved to Wiltshire, where I took up my first school teaching post, um, and um, that opened the door to another parish church choir um, uh, at St John's Devizes, um, and I've been there ever since 2011. So your anthem is called... God of all creation. What were your major influences when you were writing the music? There's certainly a nod in there, at least to Richard Shepard. Yes, um, I've I was um, made aware of Richard Shepard's passing just as uh, just as I was uh, sitting down, really, almost to start composing it, really, and uh, towards the end of February, or um, I think it was around the twentieth of February, wasn't it? Or certainly around the latter stages of the month, and. Um, when I was fortunate enough to win the King James Bible Composition Competition 10 years ago, I remember um, being influenced by um, the way that he'd combined three texts. So uh, I certainly then from that point felt moved to uh, compose a piece of music that um, certainly had a nod in his direction. You'll also find splashes of parry and howls in there as well. Um, so um, hopefully a, a, um, a, a piece for all tastes, I hope. And the other thing to say is that the, um, the, the word creation immediately also reminded me of Francis Jackson's hymn um, tune, East Acklam, um, for the fruits of his creation. So I, I, from that point on, had a very strong sense that E flat major was the right key. And the words, of course, were chosen by the RSCM, by Gordon, by Gordon Giles. But how did you find working the text? How did you go about setting the words? Well, I, I drafted out a first section um, 
and um, immediately noticed that the text was quite a lot shorter than, than some of the uh, texts that have been set for RSCM Music Sunday in recent years. So um, certainly it, um, the, it, it posed a challenge from a structural point of view and also um, just whether there was a chance for a modulation, which we managed to fit in in the end um, into the middle section. Um, and one of the things I really like doing, especially when writing an approachable piece, um, was to try and have um, a, a ternary structure, an ABA form, so that the music that's heard at the beginning returns again at the end, because that really, I feel, strikes a chord with singers. Yeah, and the, the RSCM in this instance is partnering with the Self-Isolation Choir, uh, which for those who don't know, uh, is a wonderful project that's been set up to bring people together virtually through singing who may otherwise have felt very disconnected during lockdown. Um, they're going to run a course using your anthem uh, with the singers being led on the 10th of May by RSCM director Hugh Morris uh, with backing tracks provided by St. Martin's Voices from the Church of St. Martin's in the Fields. Uh, now the singers of the Self-Isolation Choir are then going to go away and record their parts at home which will then be mixed in the studio and used at the RSCM's Music Sunday celebration on the 6th of June this year. So do you have any words of advice for those singers when they are making their recordings? Well, first of all, I'd really like to say a huge thank you to everyone who's taking part because um, we've all missed our singing, haven't we? And um, the chance to do it virtually or in reality is, is just marvellous at the moment. And I don't think many of us can actually believe that, um, that any form of reality is actually almost on the horizon, but for now, at least, it has to be virtually recorded. So um, really good luck to everyone. I hope you feel that the piece has a satisfying structure and that you will uh, enjoy um, the way its, uh, its sections break up, actually. Um, it should be, it certainly should be the case that um, you uh, get a really great feeling of power from um, those words, let us be your instruments of praise at the end of the first section. Um, the middle section's a lot more mysterious, um, but I'm sure you'll really enjoy the uh, the recapitulation um, and the chance to have um, an, an absolutely wonderful uh, rip roaring amen at the end. So really good luck to everyone. Um, my hope is that it'll uh, it'll leave you wanting more. I'm sure it will. Chris, thank you very much. Thank you ever so much.
Hello, welcome to this webinar, Creating Worship That Connects Liturgy as a Tool of Mission in Reaching Out. I'm Chris Thorpe, a parish priest for the past 32 years, mostly in urban parishes, but for the last 12 years here in rural Shropshire. I'm also a writer with Canterbury Press and have written liturgies for the whole Christian year. And we're just about to publish Plowshares and First Fruits, 24 Festivals for Rural Churches. I also write for the RSCM in their Sunday by Sunday. In this section of the webinar, I'll be sharing some of the underlying thinking about how to craft liturgy that connects with our wider communities. During the COVID pandemic, it's believed that one in four of our population viewed an online service. People in a time of great uncertainty wanted to connect with something deeper, something bigger. In the business community, people are saying that the pandemic propelled us forward three years in three months. It has certainly pushed us into a period of rapid evolution as we've sought to respond to this new demand for spiritual connection. But are we equipped to connect? I'm going to ask three questions. Are we reaching people? Are we talking about the things that matter to people? And are we using the right language? I think most of our worship has been created to suit the people who come to church already, that most of the time we're talking to ourselves. The challenge is to create worship that reaches out to connect with people who don't even think that God is for them. Worship, for me, is a key tool for mission. I think we need to be creating stepping stones that will help people to take a step towards God to see what worship is like. I do it through a calendar of festivals, one a month, that you can invite people to that will be a bit different. So let's look at those questions I posed. Firstly, are we reaching people? It feels sometimes that the church has been stranded on the high tide mark and that life has receded and we're stuck there struggling with declining numbers, elderly congregations, reducing clergy numbers and money worries too. So how do we connect with our communities again? What's the big issue in your community? Is it new housing? Is it unemployment? Whatever it is, what does our faith tell us about it? We need to begin by listening. Where's God already at work? Where can you see signs of life, passion, the energy for change? See, I think our job is to reconnect with all sorts of people who may not even realise that God has something to say about what they are passionately committed to. I often use the simple songs of praise structure. People love hearing favourite hymns. They love the, 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 the interviews that are so personal. They like to hear scriptures that bring light to an issue um, that matters to them. So in crafting one of those services, I always begin by inviting a group of people to help with the service. It might be a group of local musicians or local artists, the library, a local history group. It might be a particular industry or business. Um, we launched a shop local campaign recently, a drama group or it might be triggered by a particular cause or event. We lost somebody, a younger person, to pancreatic cancer, 
and the family helped us to craft a service that that um, spoke about that. It might be dementia or domestic violence. What, whatever the issue is that touches people, what has God got to say about this? It's not about sitting, waiting for people to come to church. It's about reaching out and building bridges. Did you know that the, the Latin term for priest is pontifex, which means bridge builder? And as the priesthood of all believers, we are all called to be bridge builders. So are we talking about the things that matter to people? COVID-19 has been a great lesson in being nimble. Suddenly all our churches were shut, we were fumbling to get online, but we were all dealing with the same narrative. We were all part of the same story. We were beginning to, to broadcast from home. Services had to be less formal, less institutional. We needed to find language that would reassure in the face of fear to help people with the changes and chances of this fleeting world to rest upon God's eternal changelessness. We needed to be able to deal with issues of isolation, of separation and of loneliness, listening to the mood, the themes, the questions, and then crafting worship to respond and, you know, pre-COVID, it was just as important to find out where people are connecting already. It's less about the 16th Sunday after Trinity. It's not about imposing our structure, but listening for where people are engaged already. That's why in the RSCM Sunday by Sunday, I've been focusing on some of those um, more community issues like Father's Day, how to mark Father's Day being true to the complex pattern of family life today. What about Valentine's Day and about falling in love? So many people get engaged on Valentine's Day. What's God got to say about falling in love? And what about creation tide? In the midst of this climate emergency, what can we do? What's God calling us to do? How are we reflecting that in our worship? And the next question, are we using the right language? I don't know how you picture your church. Some churches feel like the ship of salvation, like a cruise liner ploughing un undisturbed through the choppy seas. A separate world, our own calendar, our own language. Sometimes that can feel a little disengaged, a little elite. I prefer the image of a lifeboat down in the waves with the people, easy to get into, low sides. And one of our problems, one of the barriers to entry, is our religious language. People are no longer familiar with the terms we use. They no longer recognise the biblical background. They don't use the same language. Common worship, whilst being um, in contemporary language, is very heavily doctrinal. It tries to say everything every time. Often in the church we use very cerebral language, we live in our heads. It fails to connect with the heart, it's not embodied, it doesn't engage our emotions. Sometimes our language is too institutional, it seems concerned with correctness, control and people just switch off. And sometimes there are just too many words.
and people need to have more silence, more poetry. Sometimes our language is too top-down, too doctrinal, too um, unfamiliar. So we have to test our language with people who are not part of the church and especially with young people. What I've been finding is that we need to do just the reverse. We need to start with grassroots language, start with human experience. Actually, that's what Jesus did, speaking the language of the heart. What are the toughest things in our lives? Loss, betrayal, loneliness, illness, fear, poverty. What happens if we start from there and then seek to find connections with our faith, allowing the Bible to speak, learning the language of the heart. That's why I so often use psalms, because they are so raw, so honest. Why, God, have you abandoned me? What are the best experiences of our lives? Falling in love, seeing the birth of a child, celebrating friendship, valuing work and achievement. Can our language start there? These two are important experiences. And our language needs to reflect insights beyond our own. The language of science, the wonder of creation, the balance of nature, of evolution. So many people enjoy seeing Brian Cox or Alice Roberts informing us about the wonders of the universe. Can we allow the language of science to inform our language? So in conclusion, if we can listen first to discern what really matters to people, where they are passionate for change, if we can involve people in the crafting of worship, allow their voices, their gifts to be seen and heard, if we can use the language of the heart, the language of poetry, then we may begin to connect again with our community. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Church Times podcast. You can find more news, analysis, comment and book reviews on our website, churchtimes.co.uk. If you are not yet a subscriber to the Church Times, you can try your first 10 issues for just £10. You'll get the paper delivered to your door every Friday, plus full access to our website and digital archive. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash subscribe to find out more. The music for this podcast was provided by Sought After Sounds. Tune in next Friday for the next episode. Thank you.